I do not see how a situation where Raj is going to be managing Ireland before Paulie. Paul's next. In my eyes, what's coming down the line, I would suggest that Raj might have to hold on. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Celtic have beaten Aberdeen 5-0 and the Scottish Premiership Rangers winning 3-0 last St. Mirren. It's coming to a close and the Edinburgh Derby Hearts won. Hibernian won. It is Shelburne nil. Piemont United won at Talca Park in the Women's uh, Premier Division. 20 minutes on the watch there. DLR Waves and Bohemians kick off at four o'clock at the UCD Bowl. We'll also keep you right up to speed on the final day of the Women's Super League across the way. And the Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund bidding to break that Decade of dominance from Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund need to beat Mainz and they'll be crowned champions. Uh, these matches just kicking off now. And in the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship round, one led against Cork at Park Chelton from three o'clock. Armagh Westmead at the Athletic Grounds at 4.45. At that time as well, quarter to five, it's Carlo Offaly in the John McDonough Cup final. And uh, Tom McKibben's four-under in a tie for 21st at the KLM Open behind the leader Jorge Campillo, six shots behind the Spaniard. And we'll have also the result of the Tattersall's Irish 2000 Guineas, which goes to post at the Curra at 20 to 4. Remember, folks, as well, Brayburn Coffee, the official coffee partner of OTB. Start your morning with a Brayburn Coffee, whether you prefer a classic cappuccino or an iced oat milk latte. Brayburn has got something for everyone, available at Apple Green locations nationwide. But the big game of the day, really, is uh, down in Cape Town. Half-five start Irish time for Munster against the Stormers in the United Rugby Championship final. Delighted to have on the line from South Africa, the chief rugby rider with the Irish independent Rory O'Connor. Rory, how are you? Good, thanks, John. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, Rory. So, have the Munster fans travelled to many around there? Yeah, there's plenty. They're, they're estimated between two and uh, two and a half thousand fans have made the trip, which is quite something when you consider, you know, travel companies were quoting around two thousand ahead to come down, and it is a long way. Munster were down here twice already this season. Graham Roundtree reckons they've they've they'll have clocked up a hundred thousand kilometres by the time they get back to Limerick on on Monday. But um, yeah, Munster fans. You know the team is on a roll, and the, the the fans are keen to get behind them. And a lot of people who watched Jack Crowdy drop that goal a couple of weeks ago decided they were going to spend their their summer holiday money on a on a weekend in Cape Town. And yeah, loads of Stormers fans around. There's a real buzz in the city today. That they're um huge backing. It's going to be 50, 55,000 people at, at the ground, sold out in three hours. But there'll be a good contingent in red shirts as well. So it's uh it's all set up really well. Yeah, the Munster band still very strong, Rory. Uh, there's maybe concerns about the pitch. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, the pitch is is a is a bit of a it, there's a new pitch on its way from Germany for the Cape Town Stadium. It's where they they hosted the World Cup semi final uh, in 2010. Here, it's it's a remarkable ground. It's lovely. It's you know it's it's very modern, very new. But the pitch, I think they said they've 49 events on it in the last year, and, and it's a, it's a natural grass pitch rather than a kind of desi or um, kind of hybrid surface like Croke Park or Diviva. So I think I think. They are replacing it with a better pitch, but it hasn't arrived yet. It's on a boat somewhere between here and Germany. And for the time being, the the the, the surface, they've done, done everything they can, they say, to get it into good nick. But they had a monster truck rally on it a couple of weeks ago and it hasn't really recovered. Um, it's been raining here a lot this week. It, it's nice today. It, it hopefully will have dried up. But, you know, the Stormers still scored 
a couple of tries against Connacht last last time out two weeks ago here. Munster played there a couple of weeks ago. It is a concern, but I don't think it's going to undermine the quality of the game. Apparently, it just it it, it gives way when you least expect it. So it will play a role, but you know both teams have to play, and I suppose the Stormers are more used to it. But as Graham Ranchi said yesterday, you know Irish players are fairly used to playing in poor conditions. So um, hopefully, it doesn't. It's not the big talking point at the end of the day. Yeah, the monster trucks. Um, <laughs> the South Africans have they embraced the URC yet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of South Africans would see this as a bigger tournament than the the Champions Cup in some ways because they haven't quite got their heads around the Champions Cup in year one and the pool stages were so, um, are, you know, the, the format doesn't really work. So they, they haven't really got to see the best of what that competition brings where they can, you know, the, the URC is more akin to to um, Super Rugby, which where they're, they're more used to. And, and these, these um, clubs are huge. Like the Stormers are... An enormous rugby brand. They, you know, they 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 have a huge stadium. They don't fill it every week, but they do get good crowds. They are, you know, they connect with this city. That their coach John Dobson is an interesting guy, and he, he's his motto has been to Cape, make Cape Town smile over the last couple of years. And he's put a real effort and focus into connecting the team with their region uh, and their city. And 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 there's a, you know everyone in town is wearing a Stormers jersey today. You know, you walk around. This is a big event and it feels like a big final. And I think the URC has been better for, you know, I would have had some doubts when they came in because of the travel and the, and, and and all of the things that go with having, you know, a competition that spans hemispheres. But they, I think they've added an awful lot to it. They play really good rugby. They, they, they're well backed by good fans. It's, it's a, the, you know, considering where Welsh rugby is at the moment, you know, Scots, the Scots, you know, have decent teams. The Italians, you know, Benetton are getting better, but the quality that the South African teams have brought in, despite the fact that nearly three hundred fifty players playing abroad, it's 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 quite frightening that it's such a rugby nation, such a strong um, support for rugby in this country. It's big business here, and it's uh, and I think they're fully in, invested in the URC, and and that's why you know, as I say, tickets were very cheap, but that was partly because. The Stormers wanted a diverse crowd. They didn't want to price people from the townships out of the market. They want to be a, a, a team that doesn't just represent the people who live in, in kind of fancy houses in the nice parts of Cape Town. They want to be a, a team that 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 touches every um kind of part of the community here in South Africa, where there's a myriad of issues, you know, but you know, but that, that across different kind of you know, economy, corruption, crime, all sorts of things. That, so the the Stormers are are trying to kind of give the city a lift, and and while Munster have a lot of momentum or on a roll, there's a lot of backing here in Cape Town for this team. That's a good initiative. So 2011, the last time Munster won a trophy, and then Peter Mahoney was on the fringes of the scene. So nobody's more deserving to lift that cup than Peter today. You'd have to think, were we? Yeah, you'd have to think so. You think of all the things he's been through as Munster captain, and you know, we think of the number of people they've lost over the years. You know, the death of Anthony Foley. I remember being down. They did a press conference that week because they were playing Glasgow and, and you know, we had to kind of stop it because man, he was so upset about what was going on. You know, he's led them through dark times. He took over a dressing room that was full of great players who'd won Heineken Cups. He grew up supporting them. He, you know, he, he, I think he was at those finals. He's he's a monster man through and through, but he had to manage that transition when those players retired one by one, O'Connell, O'Gara, Doug Howlett left, you know, they all stepped away and suddenly they were a very different team. He's had coaching changes. He started off with Tony McGann, Rob Penny gave him the captaincy. Then they had uh, kind of the optimism of the, the Razzie Erasmus here after the kind of the difficult years Foley had in charge, followed by Van Grand five seasons and like lots of semi-finals and finals. He, he, he missed the 2015 final in Ravenhill when they lost to Glasgow, but he was captain against the Scarlets in 17 when they got hammered in, in Lansdowne Road. And, um, 
they lost the final when he was captain at, at in an empty RDS in 2021. So it's, his, it's it's the fourth final of his era, I guess, and they haven't really performed in any of them. And that's what he was saying yesterday. He can't get lost in the emotion of it. He um he he knows how much this this means to him and how much it means to the club. And he you know he said he has allowed his thoughts to drift to what it would be like if he was to lift the trophy t- this evening. But he's kind of had to kind of force those to the back of his mind because if he starts thinking about that stuff, the performance might slip. But I, you're right. I think no one will begrudge Peter Romani and you know even Keith Earls, Connor Connor Murray, the guys have been here for for a decade, Stephen Archer, who've been there through it all, the no one will begrudge them winning the URC and and, and seeing O'Mahony, you know, he, he's achieved so much across his career with Ireland and he will go down as a monster great regardless of what happens today. But if he retires without having won, you know, being on the pitch for a trophy, he wasn't, you know, on the pitch in, in 11 when they won it, it would be an awful shame and, and I think everyone would, would wish him well today. How have Munster turned it around then, Rory? Because they started the season sluggishly, uh, but they found the groove now. Eight wins in the URC this year. Yeah, and they had a mid-season blip as well. You know, they got hammered. The, the run of six away games in a row started with that, you know, shellicking up in Durban when they got, you know, melted in the heat um, a week after being just decimated by Glasgow at home. So, they, you know, they had, they had that revival and then they put themselves in a really difficult spot and they've just... They've kind of played their way out of it. They've, they, they you know, they they train hard. We got access to one of their training sessions earlier this season. They train hard. They train fast. They they they're pretty fitter than they were. They started the season, you know, they 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 had changed an awful lot, and it looked like the players were were, were adapting slowly to the new way of playing. But they never lost their their kind of will to do what they were changing. You know, they never changed tack. They said, right, this is why we're doing it. And even if there's going to be a a lot of pain at the start, it will eventually bring rewards. And like, I don't think they ever really had a final in their minds this season. I think it was more of a, it was a year one um, kind of get to get, get to the playoffs, bed in this new system and, and, and go from there. You know, like even preseason was a bit disjointed. Um, now they've kind of gotten momentum behind them. They've, they've gone to South Africa again. They, they won and drew over there. That got them into Europe. That got them into the playoffs. Then they went to Glasgow, beat Glasgow. Really tough game, really gritty game. Glasgow reduced to 14 men, but Munster played really well that day. You know, they defended excellently. Then they took down Leinster at the, at the Aviva. And, and like they showed huge courage to do that. You know, the way they won it with coming from behind Jack Crowley, the drop goal, but even the way they kept going to the corner. There's a real belief there. There's a momentum behind them. You know, it's 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 not been an easy season, and I, like there's probably a book in the way they've turned it around. You know, because it, it would be something else. And I do think, you know, it's not a it's not a European Cup like the old days, but I think the URC is a much harder competition to win these days. And they have to, I think, appreciate the fact that they've only been to three finals in the last twelve years since they since they won it. So you know, you got to take these opportunities when they come, and, and they're in the form where you know that looks like they can if they if they can just get it right today. If Crowley has another good game, does it put him further in the thoughts of Andy Farrell in terms of where the number 10 ladder is for the World Cup? Yeah, I think you go into the, like if you if you can lead the Munster backline to a, to a URC title, win a, win another game away from home, I think his stock is definitely on the rise. And, you know, I'd say Ross, Ross Burns' stock took a bit of a, a bashing last week. Now, the hierarchy is, is fairly clear. It's, it's Sexton out in front and then it's, you know, Burn ahead of Crowley. But that could change over. We've seen, you know, those things, these these kind of um, pecking orders change over the course of a World Cup preseason. And Crowley is young. He's impressive. Everyone, you know, I spoke to Felix Jones here on Thursday and he just said, you can see from a mile away that this guy's a serious rugby player, that he's got it. And everyone says that about him. And, and you know, he's only got three caps. He is relatively inexperienced coming into the World Cup camp. But if he can go and perform today, having led Munster 
in these games, having ousted Joey Carberry and, and kept us, you know, like Ben Healy's been playing very, very well and he'll come off the bench and probably close it out today, maybe alongside Crowley. But you're right. I think Crowley can really do his World Cup fortunes like a, a big boost if he plays well today. And, you know, there's a long time between now and that World Cup, a lot of training sessions, a couple of games, it's three warm-up games. He can he can beat number 22 if he keeps growing the way we, we've seen. And, and long-term, he looks like the, the kind of, successor to Sexton you would say himself and Byrne probably vying for that that right now but if he keeps growing the way he does it, every time you see him he, and he has he's had a couple of you know not difficult games but he you know he hasn't been brilliant every week but every experience he's getting here is going to be so valuable Conor Murray then selected over Craig Casey at number nine is that the experience card bit of that a bit of control I, I would say and also Murray until he got knocked out in in, in Glasgow was playing really really well he he had you know, he was dropped out of the 23 for one of the European games this season, but he's responded really well to that. Um, Graham Rowdy's been really bold in some of his decision-making in terms of selection over the course of the year, and he's got a response from a senior player who, you know, obviously had a, a, a difficult moment during the Six Nations when his dad was in that accident, but he's kind of come through, you know, that, that the games that he played during during that tournament. He, I think he's, he's playing as well as he has done for a couple of years now, and he deserves to get that the nod and, Munster know that when Casey comes into the fray, he'll bring energy. He's he's a really good player. He played really well against Leinster. So they they could easily have gone with him and tried to see see it out with Murray, but they've gone with the the calm, experience, the defensive you know element as well. He's a, he's a good good strong defensive player as well. He's he's earned his place in this team. But you know that they'll have no hesitation in sending Casey in to close it out with about twenty minutes to go. And as I say, like the way Roundtree's backed his young players this season has been very impressive. It's an interesting game for John Klein because he's a former Stormer. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he, I think he can put himself into the Ireland frame as well. He hasn't played since the last World Cup, but the way Munster have played, they forced him to kind of develop his skill set. He's a much more rounded player. He's a, he's, a, he's passing the ball in ways that, that we never, I never thought he could. Like, you know, his skill set was always what I thought let him down, his passing, his handling. He, he, he often knocked the ball on at pivotal moments in, in Munster games. And he obviously brings huge size, power, grit. He's a very good lock forward, but he just never looked capable of playing that modern Andy Farrell style of rugby. But now he does. A year working under Mike Prendergast and being challenged to 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 use the skill set. I think he's a very different player now than he was when he left Cape Town seven eight years ago. He's 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 settled in Munster. It's it, you know he he's um got a young kid. He's married to an Irish an Irish woman. He's he's very much part of the furniture. Munster has been around for a long time and. Um, that decision that he made to come to, to Munster from the Stormers, you know, he, he, I, I think he said during the week he's got 30-odd family, 40-odd family coming to the game. It'd be a real special day for him, but he, he's an important part of, of what might, makes Munster, Munster tick. And he's like he's kept Orgy Snayman out of the team this week. I know that they could have moved Tyburn into the back row, but they've decided to stick with John Hodnett, but keep that partnership of Klein and Byrne together because it works so well. I, I would say he's probably been Munster's best player this season. Right. Interesting. So, what is the tactical key then, Rory, for a Munster win this evening? How are all the units functioning? The pack, the set piece, the back line, the defence? I think the key to success today is don't drop the ball. Like, it, it sounds very simple, but Munster don't want to give the Stormers scrums because although the pitch is poor and will undermine what they can do, they do have basically the Springbok front row, you know, of Kitsoff, Dweeba and Malherba. Um, they're a very strong scrummaging unit, and, and it is where Munster are probably at their weakest I mean Stephen Archer has put in some incredible shifts in the last couple of weeks um, and and uh, you know he, he went 80 I think here the last time they played 
um, but they just don't want to be getting involved in it. like a little bit like La Rochelle Lancer last week. You don't want to give the, the Stormers the opportunity to maul you off the pitch. You don't want to give them the opportunity to scrum you off the pitch. You don't want to kick loosely to them. You've got to keep it tight in that, that way because they have in Damian Valemsa, Angelo Davids and Leo Linzas. They've got really, really good back three players. Manny Libok as well. The out half is an exciting, you know, fleet foot of 10 who can, who'll just carve you open if you're loose. So, um, Munster need to keep the ball. They make a lot more passes than Stormers. I think they need to, you know, they're really, they have been good at, at striking when the opportunity arises. It didn't work against Leinster because Leinster, in fairness, didn't defend it really well that day. But if they can get as much possession and territory, you know, it's about taking your chances, building scoreboard pressure. Stephen Kitsoff said something I didn't quite understand it yesterday, the Stormers captain, but he said it's just a really hard pitch to chase a game on. Um, I wonder if we'll see that come to pass. You know, both teams will be out to get that fast start, get a lead, and build that scoreboard pressure. I think that that's the way to victory for Munster. It's to to, to get out there. If it's three six nine, go for it. Take the take the points, or or you know, build a score, get ahead, make the Stormers chase, make them panic, silence this big fifty five thousand crowd because it will be like that. They generate a big atmosphere in the stadium. Um, like I I think the key to it is 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 possession. Munster want the ball. They want to hold the ball. They want to probe. They want to get um, Crowley pulling the strings. They want to get, you know, Fekatoa, Frisch, Shane Daly's hands on the ball because they're dangerous. They're, you know, their wingers have been really, really good this season. Um, Nash they need and Daly, to control yeah. this game. Yeah, Nash and Daly. Like, Nash has picked ahead of Keith Earls, you know, huge decision, but the, based on form, he's been really, really good. Again, he got a concussion in the Glasgow game, but he comes right back in ahead of, you know, a guy, I think Earls probably playing his last game for Munster today. He hasn't announced his retirement, but certainly the noises are this might be his last game. So Munster have players. They've got, you know, they've got ballers across the pitch. They've got John Hodnett, who's a really good carrier. They've got Coombs, who's the top try scorer for them in the league. They just need to back their, their own skills, you know, and dominate this game as much as possible. And if there's going to be moments where they're going to be in trouble, just got to get through those. Uh, we're going to get to the verdict on the game, uh, Rory, in a moment for Munster against the Stormers. It's been a very painful week for Leinster. Was there much of a post-mortem into what went wrong last Saturday against La Rochelle, or is it just a case that everybody just goes on holidays immediately? I mean, what's the temperature been like? I know you're out in Cape Town now, but it's, it's, such, a big, it's such a big game, you know? Oh, it was enormous, and it kind of dominated the first half of the week, and even into Thursday, Friday, people were still talking about it. Certainly, Leinster, you know, I think they folded up tenth and, and headed off, and wherever they were going, they didn't certainly weren't doing any post mortems in, in public. There was no press conferences. I'm sure the coaches were doing a debrief. You know, Stuart Lancaster's off to Paris now. Um, you know, even EPCR, the, the investigation that we're all waiting for into what happened in the tunnel, that was kind of, that's been put on hold because even their staff have gone off. But, you know, publicly, we've all been talking about it. It's been, it's been parsed in every way. It's such a damaging defeat for Leinster. It's really hard to see how they get back. I mean, they're obviously very good and they've got a good age profile outside of Sexton and, and Healy are moving on. Um, although, sorry, we don't know if Healy's moving on, but um, certainly Sexton we, we, we know is. But like the... the it, it that's the summer is going to be very painful for them. They're going to have a long time to think about it. There's no games for the provinces now, unless they come up with some sort of competition until like towards the end of October because of the World Cup. Because so there's there's a real long gap now to dwell on this. It'll really really sting for Leo Cullen and, and you know to, to lose it in the way they did to the opposition that they did at home. That's going to live so long with them, and they need to just. I think they need a bit of a reset. They need to drop the the kind of obsession with this fifth star they need to kind of reframe what they're doing and, and like you know if they need to win a trophy next year whether it's the urc or the champions cup like for a squad of their quality to not win anything for two seasons like it, it'll sicken them if munster go and do it today and um, i'm sure they'll be happy for their ireland colleagues and they'll be happy for peter Romani. but just to see you know a munster team that they've they've been you know lording it over for the last couple of years get get over the line and win a trophy that it'll hurt them because they had the chance to be there they had that game 
you know, not quite won, but they were ahead. They were leading that semi-final. They rested loads of players for it. It's not Munster's problem. Munster are going to win it. No one's going to put an asterisk beside this title because Leinster fielded a, a B team. That was their choice. So, um, it's a, it's going to be a, a tough summer for them. I know the players will have World Cups to look forward to. You know, most of them. But uh, from a Leinster point of view, it, it yeah, that's one that's going to hurt them for a long, long, long time. Final words, Rory O'Connor. Can Munster do it today? I think they can. Yeah, I think it's the bookies have it as a four, four or five point game which is pretty tight considering the Stormers are home with a massive crowd. Munster have had to tra- travel across the equator. Um, but you look at that 23, it's really good. They've got really good players on the bench. They've got really good starters. As it, you know, The one fear is that their, their scrum becomes an Achilles heel and you know the Stormers will 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 kind of pounce on that if they can. There's going to be a lot of niggle. You know, we've all talked, you know, the video that surfaced after the, the semi-finals of the, the Stormers celebrating the, the Munster's win, the fact they didn't have to travel to Dublin, the, their hooker, Dweeba, leering into the camera and said, we're going to F Munster up today. You know, that, that, like that law feed into it. Munster said they haven't watched it that much, but you know, you know, they have, yeah. you know, it's going to be Peter O'Malley be in the middle of it. So look, I think they've got a really good chance. It's a real opportunity. They've got to take it. Rory O'Connor, thanks so much. Enjoy the game. Cheers, John. Rory O'Connor live from Cape Town ahead of Munster against the Stormers, the URC final, which gets underway at half five Irish time. We've got to leave it there in terms of rugby, but now coming up after the news, Football Saturday is always until five. David Connolly, Dan McDonnell, and Johnny Ward on the show this week. Join the conversation on our text line, 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. Two of Everton, Leeds, and Leicester are going to go down from the Premier League tomorrow. Who deserves to go down? What's your team of the season, 1 to 11 in the Premier League? How good is this Manchester City team comparably? And were you at a League of Ireland game last night? Get in touch. We'll also talk about the seven teens who play against Spain this evening in the Euro quarterfinals. Off the ball Saturday on News Talk is back after this.